0: You're in the water loop. Waterloop, water loop, water loop. Okay. Hi, you're in the water loop. This is Travis, and I'm here with Ryan Bigelow. He is a senior program manager with the Seafood Watch at Monterey Bay Aquarium. Ryan, glad we connect to talk.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Glad to speak with you.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I'm familiar with Seafood Watch. Uh, you know, I've I've seen the the little guide in all my visits to aquariums. I used to go to the uh, National Aquarium in Baltimore all the time. They always had your guide there. Yep. Uh, yep. But for people that aren't familiar with, with Seafood Watch, what is it? What's it about?
1: Yeah, uh, if you don't mind, I'll take us all the way back to 1997. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> the aquarium was having the Monterey Bay Aquarium was having a special exhibit called fishing for solutions it was all about some of the issues associated with unsustainable fishing you know things like um, bycatch um, catching too many fish things like that it was a very basic very introductory sort of court uh, exhibit on that issue and it was really really popular so mm-hmm. much so that we started to release some of our buying information as these little plastic tabletop tents you know almost like a happy hour menu Okay. And we put those in our restaurant, uh, the restaurant at the aquarium, and they started disappearing. And we, huh. you, you know when people are stealing things if you have demand. <laughs> so the science that we pulled together for that exhibit, the demand that we knew was there, we sort of combined those and started the Seafood Watch program October 20th, 1999. So 20 years ago this year. All right. And it's just really blossomed from there. It started out as a very simple traffic light system. Buy this. Don't buy that. And it has just grown over time. We we still continue to work with customers. We still continue our consumers rather. We still work with um, zoos and aquariums around the around the country to spread the message. But more and more, we're also using that base that we built through consumer support to work with the biggest names in industry, governments throughout the world, um, and really trying to improve the state of the ocean.
0: Yeah, and so uh, someone that picks up the the seafood watch. Um, you know, whatever you want to call that—the little guide, yep. the little—it's—it's yep. it's, it's great because it's designed to fit right in your wallet, right, yep. in, or in your pocket, easy to carry with you. Uh, and you guys have an app also, which I—I I downloaded. So if somebody opens that up, what are they, what are they seeing now, twenty years after you guys launched? Uh,
1: yeah, they're seeing a lot more information, um, and they're seeing a lot of information that's held to a much higher level of scientific rigor. Mm. Everything on our guides is all peer reviewed and really held up, looked at by industry um, and academics as well. But you're looking, if you pick up the pocket guide, for example, you're looking at a subset of all the recommendations we have. We have something like 1,500 now, um, different recommendations for over 300 species. They're caught in different ways and caught in different locations, so they have different recommendations. But really trying to give the average shopper a little view into how complicated seafood can be and help them make decisions when they're at the store. And even, we found even just as importantly, consumers getting out that guide and waving it around in front of a fishmonger is incredibly helpful. Uh, ah. So just that action alone has been very helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. interesting. So, um, you know, I, I have, like I said, I have the app on here and I I want to go in and see... It's, it still has like that green, yellow, red there, right? Yeah, uh, X a different fish. So yeah. what the green means, this is sustainable. Yeah, so yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah, so you, we, the three yeah. levels are green, best choice. These are really your best performers. They can be farmed and wild, which is surprising to many people that, that we, we're very, uh, we take an agnostic view on that. If you can farm really, really well, if you can use a trawl really, really well, then you might be a best choice. Now, some of those things, for example, like using the trawl, a little more difficult, but it's possible.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Uh, then that next level down is a good alternative. These are products that we let our business partners buy. They're still doing pretty well, uh, but there might be one or two issues, maybe with management, maybe there's a little bit of bycatch, maybe there's something there that needs to be improved before we would really give it that stamp of green best choice. And then at the, the, the bottom end, you have the red avoids. And these are things where there are serious issues, which as a conservation organization, we really ask that you stop and think about
0: The whole idea is when we, we, we're using this word sustainable, we're talking about, uh, you know, overfishing or, or hey, this is we're going to deplete this particular species of fish to where it's not sustainable anymore. The fishery is going to collapse or it's a red because it's already in a bad, bad state. That's kind of what we're really getting at here, making sure that the population of that particular type of fish or whatever it might be is, is at a sustainable, healthy level. Is that simple.
1: Yes, that's that's
0: excuse me. That's all right.
1: Uh, yes, that is absolutely right. Um, you know, and even that definition of what's sustainable has really evolved over time. If, in the sense that all those things you just mentioned, if a species, if we're catching too many of them, that's always going to be a sustainability issue. But even starting to look more at things like, well, what about the communities that are catching these fish? Um, are there slaves involved with this? What's the carbon footprint of the fish? And we don't have all the answers to those questions yet. But that's absolutely that next level of that the sustainability community, I think, is really grappling with and starting to look at.
0: Are you guys, is all that science, I mean, uh, that's really housed there at the Monterey Bay Bay Aquarium, I mean, kind of the (laughs) staff, and I mean, you're relying on other sources and documents and research that's super credible, but you guys, it sounds like you're, like you said, the rigor that's going into it is pretty amazing now.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's it's interesting because, you know, 10 years ago, I can't give you an exact number, but I would say the majority of the reports were probably written in-house Um, But the United States imports 90% of their seafood, of our seafood. And so we more and more are doing reports on fisheries around the entire world. And when we do that, you know, if we're looking at a swimming crab in Southeast Asia, then you really need someone on the ground who knows the industry, who speaks the language. And so we have a team of 40 to 50 analysts around the world, contract analysts who do a bunch of work for us. That comes back to our team of scientists, and there's probably... Ten or ten to fifteen of them, and they do that final report, make sure everything is up to par, and then we send it out for peer review. So, um, if it's a big important report, we might still do it in house. But yeah, there's a there's a large team internationally that supports our work now.
0: Okay. Uh, well, that the statistic you gave really jumped out at me. The idea that ninety percent of the seafood consumed in the U.S. is imported from outside of the U.S., meaning yes, uh, not caught in U.S. waters and not by U.S. commercial fisher, right. fishermen or companies, huh? Exactly, exactly. I would, never yeah. have gu- I would never have guessed it was that high, you know? Yeah, like, and it, it raises
1: some them. really interesting questions, you know, especially out here on the West Coast, we get a lot of feedback from people who say, well, I just buy a wild-caught American. And that's great. And in truth, that does tend to be a pretty solid option. Our fisheries are pretty well managed. Mm-hmm. But if you step back, if you're like me, you know, you love the ocean, you want everyone to be able to enjoy it. That solution isn't going to work for even, it's never going to work for the majority of our country. For, there, there's just, there's not, we, we're not catching fish at that level. And if we yeah. were, the sustainability might come into question. So um, as fellow ocean lovers, we really have to come together and think about what our solutions are, maybe open up um, what we're willing to eat and think about it a bit more
0: broadly. Interesting. Has uh, another side question. Sure. Has the amount of seafoods Americans are consuming has that how is that trending? That's going up
1: per capita, which is good. It, it does it does fluctuate, so that, that it might be you know dropping down a little bit right now. I can't say for certain, but we we do eat quite a bit of seafood, um, and even but even more importantly, there's just more people. So yeah. it, throughout you know in the United States and of course globally. So. That's another, you know, kind of jumping around here a little bit. But when we, the other thing is, do people like to eat farm seafood in the United States? Frequently, the answer, is, the answer is no, they don't want to eat it. But if we're going to continue to eat seafood, and if there's going to be 9 billion of us, then we have to really start to figure out how to do farming
0: well. Yeah. So let's get into, I guess, some of the actual recommendations. Sure. Um, I know one of the cool things is you let people... Uh, Localize. they can kind of look in their region or part of the country at what yeah. more sustainable or least sustainable um, are but if you're if you're just gonna look nationally right yeah. what are what are the most sustainable seafood choices that people could make it's a really good question and and the only really
1: straight black and white answer is look for shellfish look for farm shellfish and <laughs> You really don't have to look for farmed. the vast majority of the farm shellfish you get, or this, I'm sorry, of shellfish that you eat is going to be farmed. Your oysters, your clams, that's almost all farmed. And that's an animal that really enjoys being packed in tight space, doesn't need a lot of food, doesn't like antibiotics, can leave the water cleaner than it was when it went into the water. Um, so, you know, that's a really green, environmentally sustainable way to get our protein. Okay.
0: Some um, so mussels, clams, oysters. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, those are just yeah. a solid, solid choice. And then, of
1: course, not many people consider this, but seaweeds as well. That Those are also great sources. When you're looking for that really good, salty ocean taste, that really fresh ocean taste of really high-end sea, seaweed, a farm seaweed. We've got some really good farm seaweed, even from the United States. Um, it's great. So okay. if you just want that taste, that's another way to go about doing it. Um, And then as you go more broadly, as you start to get into the items that Americans just love, right? The salmons and the shrimps and the tunas of the world, that's when you need to start to be a little bit more careful. And it's much more difficult to just broad brush say, this is all good, this is all bad. There's very few examples of that. Um, What you really need to do is know, one, most simply, is the place I'm shopping at committed to sustainable seafood? Do they have some sort of commitment? Those run the gamut. and businesses find themselves on different points of that spectrum. But finding a, a business that has made some sort of commitment is a powerful first step. If you want to go that extra step and say, I'm here because you made that commitment, that means something to me, then we thank you. Because that yeah. is very powerful as well. That's businesses. going
0: to be good feedback for them to hear. Is to actually Absolutely. Their Absolutely. customers care about that. Yeah. And,
1: you know, and and depending on where you are in the country, there's our program, there's other programs, but, you know, our app has our list of of restaurant partners on there. Um, You know, everyone from Red Lobster to Whole Foods, the entire gamut of businesses are on there that have made these really strong commitments. So that's that's the easiest first step. Once you get past that, you need to start asking questions about the seafood on your plate. Where was it caught? How was it caught? And unfortunately, what exact what species is it? I say unfortunately, because you think that should be pretty clear. But if you're getting the fish and chips, you might not have any idea
0: <laughs> sure
1: yeah.
0: um well interesting so i those are those are the three i mean shrimp, tuna, and uh oh boy, how can I be going blank there salmon uh, salmon right like yes. those, that's, that's what you hear about <clears throat> yep. so are those are some of those still on the most sustainable side are they still green Are they you know S- some of them, sure,
1: and that—that's that, that's the difficulty, right? Now, our organization has been around so long, we've, we've done so, We have recommendations, like I said, for well over a thousand different um, seafood items. You're going to have green, yellow, and red for all of them. Uh-huh. So those extreme examples, where everything's red or everything's green, are very few and far between. Farm salmon's maybe a really good example. Farm salmon, uh, if you look at the the total volume that we import or that we consume, even most of it's still in the red, but there are green or yellow options for every type of farming out there. So that's the mixed message. It's really hard to share with people because, you know, I mean, we're all busy. Who has a lot of time to really dig into their seafood choices? It's tough. Um, but at the end of the day, I, the, the positive message that I choose to take out of that is we are going to farm salmon because we eat a lot of it and it, and it, has a, it gets a good price for businesses. So if that is going to continue, it's good to know that these best performers are showing that it can be done well. Mm-hmm. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We're not there yet, not by a long stretch, but we can get there.
0: I mean, I think uh, you see it happening across our society where people are more conscious about environmental issues and sustainability and I mean, mm-hmm. and what they're eating and where, where their food is coming from. So it does take effort, but I feel like a lot of people are putting in that effort, right? You're seeing it yeah. more and more. So it's, it's yeah. a, trending that way
1: yeah
0: yeah um so you know people like alaskan wild-caught salmon you know that's like something you hear a lot about what's what's the deal with that one
1: yeah you know alaska they do they have an amazing fishery and they really sort of set the bar for sustainability in many ways they've gone ahead and had i think at this point the vast majority of it if not all of it is msc certified so msc is the marine stewardship council
0: okay that's a pretty high
1: bar for sustainability and we actually defer to them. So if they, if you have that, that certification, you're good to go. We tell our business partners to buy you. We tell consumers to f- look for that product. So Alaska, Alaskan salmon still continues to be something we would recommend consumers buy. Okay. Um, yeah, that that is uh, the the whole. It, it, it's all it's a topic for another day, but um, <laughs> a really an amazing story about how that fishery has evolved and gone from you know, sort of that most dangerous catch kind of. Every man from his self fishery to a very well managed environmental environmentally responsible fishery. Um, so that's a an interesting
0: part of the world, and it's sure. a uh, it's a big economic driver for that. You know, for Alaska and and oh, those yeah. folks up there. So they've got a lot of that incentive to to manage it well, also, right? Absolutely. Um, tuna. I mean, uh, people hear tuna and maybe not everyone realizes all the different species there are of tuna, right? Yeah. Uh, you've got your classic can of tuna. What's typically mm-hmm. in, you know, that, that can of tuna on the shelf?
1: Well, you know, that's a, usually it's going to be albacore. That's what the American consumer really likes. That's your, you know, sort of, it's got a white flavor, not as fishy. Mm-hmm. In Europe, you're going to see more skipjack, which is a smaller tuna, tastes a little fishier. Um, not over, overly so, but a, a bit and those are the two main ones but the problem with canned tuna is you can't always be certain that that's a the only species in there and there might b that it's only tuna in there mm-hmm. um, now i don't mean to imply that happens all the time but it can happen um and canned tuna for a long time in our community was sort of like there's unless you buy the really high-end and line caught american stuff just don't do it. With yeah. sort of the you know at least in our office you'd see very few people who would be buying canned tuna and certainly not bringing in for lunch. But now, <laughs> um, Safeway and others have made really good commitments, and you can get affordable canned tuna that is that is pretty sustainably caught. Okay. Um, that's a huge move and a huge uh, step forward for us because there's always been this perception that sustainable seafood is too expensive. Yeah, and. Uh, admittedly, it can be expensive, but the most expensive species still continue to be the least sustainable. Mm. So, you know, your bluefin tuna, your eel, um, other things. I've taken us yeah. off the of tuna. No, no, you're absolutely it's all... right. <laughs> tuna is super complicated. Uh, the only one I would say, hundred percent, do not eat at this point is bluefin tuna. Okay, and it's tough because that's what you're going to get, and it's delicious. Uh, maybe too delicious for its own good. You know, it's where you're going to get it in sushi restaurants mostly.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: But outside of that, just uh, make sure you're making an informed purchase. There's better options for albacore. There's better options for skipjack. Um, that might be the first thing I'd say is if you're, you know, you're going to be making a tuna salad, go ahead and try the skipjack um, and see if mm-hmm. you like that. Like I said, it's a smaller fish, so it tends to be a bit more sustainable to catch. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's quite a few options out there. And do look for those sustainable, low-priced options as well.
0: Okay. And I know I know one of the uh issues with the tuna, you know, was kind of getting the, the bycatch with the dolphins and all that stuff for a long time ago. But that that was a couple decades ago, I guess, where that was in the public in the news and that, that changes had to be made to address that and to make, you know, the dolphin safe kind of yeah. make on cans, right?
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because the dolphin safe label is often interpreted as this product is sustainable. Mm. um but in reality the, the the laws around setting nets on dolphins which is effectively where that comes from is uh dolphins are really good at finding tuna and <laughs> if you set a net on a tuna pod I'm sorry on a dolphin pod you're it's possible you'll catch the tuna as well um was one part of it there's other ways that they can get involved with the hooks and things but um yeah and uh, it, it's that's now law so all tuna in the United States should technically be tuna safe so um while it's nice that it's on the logo it's a little bit it, it's just it should be assumed. It's it not doesn't enough.
0: have it doesn't have to do with the really the sustainability of the fishery. That's just kind yeah. of the the side the dolphin issue there. Yeah,
1: which is great, but just one component.
0: <sighs> yeah, um, shrimp. So shrimp's super popular. Yes. Uh, wh- where is the sustainable shrimp fishery? What what are you going to try to look for in for shrimp?
1: Well, right off the if you in certain parts of the United States way back to earlier in our conversation when you mentioned the regional aspect of seafood, there are certain parts of the country, particularly around the Gulf, where you might be able to get Gulf shrimp. Um, that isn't available to most of the public, right? It's, it's, it's a product that's very expensive, very delicious, pretty high bar for sustainability, but that's probably the only wild caught shrimp. I remember the day when I realized there were no wild shrimp recommendations on one of our guides yes. um, because it's all farmed now. Not wow. 90 plus percent is farmed. And so those farmed recommendations are really what's important.
0: Okay.
1: And I think everyone's seen, you know, the horror stories of mangroves being cut down and things like that. And much like the shrimp story, I would say, I'm sorry, like the salmon story, most of their shrimp is still in the red. That's true, wow. but, but there are people who are doing it better. There yeah. are big companies that are making commitments because frankly, if you want to sell shrimp to the United States, if you want to sell it to Europe, other parts of you know, the global north, if you will, where we have the money to pay for more sustainable products, you need to. It's almost, to get into that market, you need to have that, that level. And that's mostly thanks to US consumers and how they push businesses.
0: That's interesting about shrimp really being predominantly over in the red as a, as a uh, you know, a sustainability concern. But yeah. I say that because, like, it seems like Americans eat a lot of shrimp,
1: <laughs> oh, like, you know? We eat a
0: lot of shrimp. Yeah.
1: And that's exactly huh. why, I mean, you know, if, if we say, I, I eat seafood, so, uh, I, and I try to eat it responsibly, but if we say we want to have an animal raised on the other side of the world for the lowest possible price and we want to eat it in vast quantities it becomes very difficult to do that sustainably sure you know it's that whole you can have it fast you can have it good or you can have it cheap that you know choose two or right. whatever that yeah. is you know that yeah, you know yeah. you can't have a, <laughs> you can't have all of these things you can have to choose and so we've chosen um, cheap and plentiful um, so now we need to we need to pull that back and have it be more sustainable and yeah. um, I think we're getting there on a lot of fronts um, but the fight certainly isn't over
0: plus you're, you're transporting that stuff like around the globe right and you see you've got the <laughs> all well, the,
1: the yeah. greenhouse
0: gas emissions of that stuff too well right? and
1: that's you know that's another interesting thing too and we, we've we we've last year we released the, um, the carbon emissions tool that you can see online and i can i can send you the link later if you'd like uh, to help people look at the carbon footprint of the seafood they're eating and one of the things we found is that Many times, especially with some a commodity like shrimp, where they're shipping vast quantities over. The carbon footprint isn't as bad as you might imagine. Okay. Now, if you if you're dropping, say, salmon from New Zealand on a plane and flying it to my plate, then the carbon footprint is is absurd. Yeah. But if, if it's a hundred tons, a thousand tons of shrimp on a boat coming over, uh, the mm-hmm. per pound uh, carbon footprint is very
0: low. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So it's, but it sounds like, again, going back to what I brought up, it's really important for people to probably use the app and put in where they live and get that, that lo- as local information as possible. Um, yeah. To help guide their choices.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think the, the biggest, you're absolutely right. Um, there's, I'm from Ohio originally. And so okay. we didn't have a lot of access to local seafood. It was a lot of sport fisheries, things like that. But if you're on a coast or you're near a lake where there is some sort of fishery, First off, there's no guarantee that just because something is local that it is sustainable. However, it gives you that opportunity to form a relationship, uh, you know, to, to, to meet fishermen, to meet people. You know, for example, again, I know we're in a special situation here, but I can walk out to the wharf and talk to the person who's on in the boats. Yeah. That's not representative of the country, I get, but it's I can have that conversation. If you can have a conversation, that's the first step um, mm. towards truly sustainable products. If you're not at a part of the country where that's, on, if, you know, if you're in, you know, if you're in Ohio, or if you're in North Dakota, if you're in one of those areas, then the first step is to see what restaurants around you have made commitments.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
1: Outside um, of a few items, what would they eat across the country doesn't change all that much.
0: Yeah, yeah, very very interesting. I live in uh Wilmington, North Carolina, so I'm okay. at, at, at the coast here.
1: Yeah. And
0: you you go to restaurants and you see a lot of mahi-mahi. Yes. Uh you, you see a lot of red snapper. Yes. Um you know, there's a lot of shellfish around here that I think is more from the area. Um crab and and all that. Blue crabs, I think they get in the sound. So I'm I'm originally from Maryland also. Chesapeake oh. Bay, blue crabs, you know, that's like Ingrained in the culture. Yes, um, but the population of, cr- of blue crabs in the bay is something that's really tracked and and reported on every year. And they've changed a lot of the harvesting uh, restrictions and policies to to try to, to keep that population sustainable. So that's a that's an interesting one. Um, what's what's really problematic? What are what are like the species I guess that are in the red that gives you the most concern or that's really <laughs> and, and is the pressure just way too much and it's got to be changed
1: yeah that's that's a really good question I, I think the two that i mentioned earlier bluefin and eel okay you know if you're going to talk to someone who you think's only going to make one change all right if you only got that much of their bandwidth say when you get sushi don't get unagi don't get homaguro or kuromaguro it's often called as well don't buy those Okay, um, which is tough because those are so delicious, but <laughs> that that's the that's sort of the baseline there. Um, and then I think the area that causes me the most concern keeps me up at night is really about the other species we've talked about those those central salmon, shrimp, and tuna, and the the amounts we consume. Yeah, um, there's a lot of room for hope in there. Like we've talked about, there's some really good farming operations coming on board. Um, and that's, that's all good news. But I, I would really hope that Americans, because we do have the money to buy different species, that we try new things. Sure. Um, and sort of spread out um, our, our love for seafood, make our net a little wider as it were, catch a few, more, a few different things, try new things. Um, because there are really good products out there. One example, um, rockfish on our coast, you know, it was very popular for a time. The fishery was closed for environmental concerns. When that white fish disappeared, tilapia came on board very cheap from China. And now that's a, that fishery is back. It's healthy. And it's, it's difficult to compete with these lower p- p- priced items. But rockfish mm-hmm. is delicious. And rockfish tacos are amazing. Um, and so I really hope that we can get American consumers to be, be courageous and get out there and try new things.
0: Yeah, well, the uh, again in the Chesapeake Bay area, you know, rockfish, striped bass, whatever. That yeah. was uh, uh, if we're talking about the same fish, I, I imagine that you know definitely popular. Similar. I saw rock, yeah. rockfish tacos all over menus around there and everything. So and delicious, right? Like really? yeah, 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 totally. Um, another so if somebody is wants tuna when they're getting sushi, <laughs> and they're like no bluefin, what's what's an alternative maybe?
1: Well, you're going to see a lot of other species on there. You might see albacore. You might see um... So here's the, here's the trick for this. If they're selling you bluefin tuna, because it's so, so much more expensive, they're going to market as such. Um, and the Japanese um, eat so many different types of seafood, depending on the sushi restaurant you're in, you could have a variety of different tunas on your plate, lots of different options, which is great. Uh, but it's, you're going to have to find out what species it is and then learn a little bit more about it. Okay. Um, where was it caught? How was it caught? That kind of thing. And surprisingly, if you're in a good sushi restaurant, that's the place where they very well may have that information because they really care about the fish that they're selling. you.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Now, if you're just going out for cheap sushi and, you know, running in for, a, for the $10 all-you-can-eat lunch, it might be a different question and you might want to just try some different things. Um, yes. But, yeah, that, you know, it's, it's, it's often – that's a decision consumers have to make. You know, I've heard people say, I couldn't decide which – tuna to get, so I got the chicken, which isn't where I want to push consumers <laughs> either, right? I'd, yeah. I'd much rather have you end up at a different a different place with your
0: purchases, but yeah, takes
1: some, take some knowing.
0: Um, two other specific uh, types of seafood to ask you about, Chilean sea bass, right? Yes. Like I think this was like super popular. I mean, it still probably is, but I know it kind of came on the scene, what, a decade ago yeah. or 15 years ago. Yep. Um, I think they took some undesirable fish or whatever and named it chilean sea bass yes uh, but yes but um what's and i don't think that that fishery is in great shape is that correct
1: well you yeah that yeah what a what an interesting story that, that patagonian toothfish you're on ah. <laughs> the actual name of the fish so yes but everything you said is accurate <laughs> um yeah you know they it really got over fish pretty quickly um there are There have been a couple fisheries that have come on and actually worked really hard to get the MSC certification that we talked about earlier. So, if you can find those options, um, for example, Whole Foods I know sells it, other locations sell it um, because of their partnership with us. Um, But if so, if you can find that MSC mark on a on Chilean Seabanks, go ahead and get it because it is delicious. But otherwise, it's, it's one we'd ask that you
0: avoid okay so that msc is actually you'll actually see a um seafood can get labeled with that on there huh yeah
1: yeah which is okay. you know it's it's a very
0: yeah it's exactly right okay um the other one i want to ask you about is uh lionfish mm-hmm. and this this was an invasive species that found its way kind of to the caribbean and the the mid-atlantic and it's just like it's got no predators and it's just taken off and it's kind of yes. uh, been a big a big nuisance uh and there's an effort underway to to get people to eat that so that yes. then there's some fishery pressure on it um yes yeah what's and i think i saw that on one of your lists as something that's hey yes make this choice right eat it eat it all eat <laughs> it all yeah that's it.
1: I, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to have it it's delicious i have it's, not it, it's it's just a really firm white fish, so it's perfect for the american consumer you know it doesn't have a fishy flavor You know, for some reason, uh, we really like uh, meat-eating fish, right? So the salmon, the tuna, that's what really appeals to our palate. And lionfish falls right into that. They're a predator. Um, They're difficult to catch. uh, Some, well, they can be, um, because they go, they cover the. They're really deep now. The scientists have found much deeper than we thought they were previously. But absolutely, eat as many as
0: you can get your hands on. Um, I recommend them deep fried. Ah, deep fried. I like it. Um, so, I, I think we talked about this a little bit, but uh, the grocery store thing, the restaurant thing. Do you, how often do you find people struggling to get answers from from the person behind the counter? You know, uh, yeah. or at, or at the restaurant. I mean, because people can ask, but it's tough, right? Yeah. It's that's yes,
1: absolutely. Um, I think this happens much more frequently. We'd like it to happen. Um, even if you have, you know, if we partner with some of the largest chains in the country and sometimes in the world, if the waiter or waitress or the fishmonger you happen to, to grab hasn't heard about that commitment mm. in a company of 60,000 people, right, it's entirely possible they can answer your question. So, um, or if the information wasn't written on the box properly or a whole variety of situations that really lead you to consumer to not be able to get their answers they need. Um, that's why I really suggest that, that you look for businesses made a commitment that you're comfortable with. You know, if you go to a Whole Foods or any of these other partners that we have, um, if you're ordering from Blue Apron, if you're on a college campus and they're using Compass Group or one of these other food service providers, then you don't have to ask those questions, and that's the easiest way. Because, again, you're not often – you're frequently not going to be able to get the answers you need.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess I want to dig into uh, that side of things a little bit, kind of your your partnerships with restaurants sure. and businesses, and I just kind of want to hear um, how that how that works. You guys go out there, and and individual restaurants say, "Hey, we want to be part of this," or how does how does it work at the restaurant level?
1: Yeah, so at the restaurant level, ironically enough, it's the strictest level um,
0: because they usually have the fewest
1: products they need to move around. So if you're a small restaurant, you know um, Chuck's Crab Shack down here on the wharf, whatever it may be. You come to us, you provide all of your purchasing information, we have a special database that you put that information into, we check it out, we make sure that it all meets our standards. If not, we try to help, you know, okay, this shrimp doesn't make it, try this one, et cetera, and we work for that, and you, before we announce you as a partner, you have to have gotten rid of all
0: red-rated avoid items. Okay, okay. And, and that's also- a little, Yeah that's tough it can be it can be tough or it can be a take time it's a process right
1: yeah it can um and you know it, it's you know when you're talking about the average restaurant in america you know if you're just a one-off if that's the only restaurant you have it's not like you have a sustainability coordinator on site who can do this for you it's the chef it's the owner you know it's a it's an employee who really just cares about sustainability so it's a it's a big ask and i am always uh, very moved when businesses do that work to get on board
0: yeah. And so you guys announce them as a partner, and then that's something that they can advertise, you know, they can promote and, and yes. as they uh, advertise their restaurant and so forth. Yes. Let people know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what about, um, you know, the supplier side or the sure. grocery store side or the distributor?
1: Yeah. Distributor. Well, there, there's a couple of different things in there. If you're a, let's say you're a large chain or a large organization, you know, you're, you're Red Lobster, you're Whole Foods. You're one of these really airmark compass Disney, one of these big groups that's chosen to make a commitment with us. It's a different type of thing. So, um, you will work with you over time. You know, someone like a red lobster, or a blue apron, we can actually work with them. We can go with them, literally get on a plane, go to Southeast Asia and say, We can tell you how to fix your farming method. Oh, and by the way, this lady here buys all of your product, so and she's not going to buy it anymore unless you do.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that's
1: that's where we're at right now. Okay. And we're able to make, you know, we've just made a big commitment with Thai Union, which, which is Chicken of the Sea, other organizations, MinFu, some of the largest seafood pro- pro- producers and suppliers in the world to help them make improvements. Are they perfect yet? No. So that's the difference between that and the restaurant, but they're really working on it, and they're trying to bring their products forward. Um, and the benefit to the oceans are such that we're willing to make those long-term commitments. It's usually five to 10 years, by which point they have to reach that same level that the restaurant had to reach immediately. Okay. So, and then on the other end, suppliers, producers, those relationships always are always a little bit different. Um, suppliers, we just ask that they share all their information. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because it's so hard for restaurants and others to often get that information, the same way it's tough for a consumer, that just for them to have them list, even if it's red-rated to say, yeah, if you're a seafood watch partner, you're not going to want to buy this, and we found that
0: to be most effective. Interesting transparency there. Yeah. Well, th- that's really cool, though. What you've about working with some of these big entities, and you guys actually like, okay, let's invest time and and resources in looking at what's sustainable and and traveling to the places where the the seafood's caught. That's very cool.
1: Yeah, it's been very exciting. I'm I'm, I'm amazed how much time we spend in Indonesia and Vietnam now. It's it's, it's substantial.
0: Yeah. Are there, is there movement toward more, um, you know, of these big entities trying to trying to look at sustainable options and being part of this? Is it absolutely? Is it uh, you yeah. know,
1: it's it's you know, we're working with groups now that twenty years ago when we started absolutely wouldn't have come to the table, um, and again, that's just been that buildup of consumer support, restaurant support, chef support, and now working with the largest companies in North America, that can really push us into relationships with these producers, suppliers, et cetera. And, Starting to see a lot of change and a lot of interest.
0: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the
1: day, as long as the financial aspects, the economic aspects are there, people don't want to be unsustainable. Sure. Um, it's easy to paint that brush on corporations if they're big and evil and, and greedy, but um, <laughs> that's not always the case, right? And they're often interested in it if you can make it economically viable for them to do so. Yeah. And more and more, if you want to sell in the United States, you need a better product. Yeah. Um, so that's been very helpful, that pressure.
0: Um, I, I want to circle something uh, from way earlier in the conversation about, you know, farmed seafood and and aquaculture, and um, I don't know how what people's perceptions are. Some people think you have to have wild stuff. You can't have things from farms and that's bad. And there's something wrong with the the seafood and the fish. You said you guys are agnostic on that front, but I imagine you, you hear a lot from people about that or wanting you to take a particular stance saying, Hey, you should, you should be against this or for that. And so what's, what's that like?
1: (laughs) It's a lot of pressure (laughs) from both sides. Yeah. We, we hear it from, um, you know, from fishermen we hear it from farmers we hear it from consumers but you're absolutely right that the message we hear mostly from consumers is um you know i don't need farmed products and again you know at the individual level that's a fine choice you know to each their own but that it doesn't scale it doesn't scale as a solution and frankly some of the most sustainable items you're going to be able to buy are farmed again the seaweeds the shellfish and then recirculating systems that's Literally pulling fish out of the water and they're in tanks, so there are no escapes. There is no, you know, forgive my. There's no fish poop going out into the ocean. You know, you don't have to use very many chemicals um, because they're not interacting with sea lice or other things, right? So, um, that's one of the cleanest products you can get, um, sustain environmentally speaking. So, farming can be done well, um, and we, honestly, as a society, um, as a species, we don't really have any choice. Something like 2 billion people rely on this, on seafood as their primary source of protein and as their livelihood. So for you and I who could just stop eating fish if we wanted to, that's one thing. But if you can't, and again, there's many people who just cannot, sure. uh, we have to find more sustainable paths going forward. And aquaculture is certainly part of that.
0: Yeah, I think I think about that often and how uh, a lot of other protein sources, well all of them, right? Like chicken and pork and beef and all that, that that's that's from farms. You know, we're not out there just harvesting wild populations of those of those animals, but seafood is the has always been the other end of the spectrum where we're out there just taking out of the ocean and so that sustainability piece is huge and
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah that's why i wanted to to talk to you i appreciate it ryan very much Absolutely, Um, thank you definitely encourage people to uh to to download the app you always have your phone with you when you're at the store or at a restaurant so uh take a minute to check it out all right thank you so much hey thanks a lot appreciate it take care yep bye you're in the water loop
1: i